This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Canadians are keeping a very close eye on interest rates. The Bank of Canada has not made any announcements about rate cuts, but financial institutions are already lowering their rates. Ryan Chin is a certified financial planner with Sun Life Financial. Hey, good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Dave. So, Ryan, this is one that uh, popped onto my radar last week when one of my financial institutions sent me a rate scoop-related email, and it's all I talked about to uh, financial people in my life for the better part of three or four days. But now I get to bring you into the mix. How does speculation around rates influence the conversations that you're having with your clients? Yeah, well, I mean, it is absolutely top of mind, Dave. You know, we last year we we went through six hikes. I mean, that's that's pretty substantial, and you know, we haven't seen rates uh, at this level, and you know, for over ten years. So it's kind of incredible to to have that kind of adjustment. People are you know uh, uh, are in that transition. Now, of course, we got some people who um, you know they're in their fixed uh, rate mortgages, but it's those variable rates uh, that really uh, this is this big impact. Or anyone that's line of credit or or anything that has that um, I'll say uh, impact of rate adjustment. Mm. You know how does it affect the conversation? Everyone wants to know, when are they going to come down? <laughs> well, you know, Ryan, I think I think what's so interesting about that, though, is that obviously interest rates as a borrowing concept for people who are borrowing money is going to be a big deal, especially with the housing market where it's at. But one of the elements that I think got lost in broader conversation last year is that there was some benefit to higher rates for people who were in a more stable financial situation, especially people who, as you said before, were in fixed rate investments like GICs or high interest savings accounts. So it, I feel like everybody is kind of watching the inflationary number, or the, the interest rate number for different reasons. But who are the folks who are watching rates most intently? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll say any fixed rate investor right now is really following this this uh, this this line of thinking uh, with respect to interest rates. As inflation starts to come down, um, and um, you know the central bank decides that they will t- uh, uh, consider reducing those interest rates, well, those fixed rate those bonds though the um the 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 more uh the, the short-term paper uh the t-bills and such would we'll see a little bit of a surge um so everyone who has been and i'll say like this is a broad topic right now i mean everyone's mm-hmm, talking about mm-hmm. this um in that um you know if we look back to 2022 we saw a a double digit decline in anyone holding sort of that fixed rate uh investment we're not talking gic we're talking bonds at this point um and in 2023 
the bonds slightly recovered, but with with interest rates coming down right now, uh, everyone is talking about the fact that you know the bond market is really going to start to pop. Um, you know, so so this this is kind of a different story uh, from last year where we were looking at hey we're going to have a growth uh, cycle and we're it's all going to be about growth or the equities and um, at this point um, everyone's talking fixed income. Mm. Ryan, it really strikes me as such an interesting time in the overall economic landscape because perhaps some of the rational ideas that existed in uh, in common sense investing for the better part of 100 years are starting to get flipped on their head a little bit or there are more variables or different spikes or uncertainty. Certainly the, the speculation is that the Bank of Canada is going to cut their rates and financial institutions have already started doing some rate cutting. But how does that jive with the overall overall economic and inflationary landscape to your mind? Yeah, so this is the now Dave, that is the question of the hour. I will say uh every pundit is speaking about this topic uh right now. Um and and you know I am happy to weigh in a, a, a hypothesis, but by no means am I a, a chief uh, strategist slash economist. Um, but I will say, I mean, um, when we think about the the drivers, uh, and, and I know we're going to get to that, but I, and when we think about those drivers of inflation, um, you know, the Bank of Canada is walking a, a fairly tight line right now when thinking about reducing interest rates. Now, here's the here's the good news story is that, you know, they can reduce interest rates very quickly to respond to market environment if needed. Um, now, what, what we're seeing is they're pricing in about, you know, six, currently six, well, two weeks ago, it was six 25-point uh, reductions over the course of the year. I think last week, I, uh, towards the end of last week, I saw five, uh, and that number might have changed even this week. Um, so, uh, the market is pricing in a reduction of interest rates. The question will be is, does the central bank feel the same? And it's based on the numbers. It's yeah, based on yeah. where they're seeing, uh, um, you know, the cash flows are happening and, and what's happening in the overall economy. Ryan, you mentioned the drivers, and that might be a very good pun here to talk about gasoline and the price of energy, because that to me has been the story of the better part of the last six to eight months, while perhaps politicians and central bankers are uh, pumping their fist and patting themselves on the back about getting inflation under control. The ebbs and the flows, the ups and the downs have had a lot to do with the price of gasoline and energy. And maybe there's been some stabilization around energy with the war in Russia and Ukraine, but now there's clearly something brambling in the Middle East. Like, I'm not talking about it here on The Daily because I don't think you should do your Middle East news in one-minute sound bites. I think you need uh, thorough reporting and thorough reading, but it's safe to say there's some precarity going on, and when there's instability in the Middle East, there's instability in the oil markets. Yeah, and and that's that's so true, Dave. However, it, it's not the oh, it, it is one of the uh, economic uh, indicators when considering uh, inflation and inflationary process. But I think one of the other ones certainly is uh, consumer spend, and and what's happening there. Another one is employment numbers. Now, keep in mind three drivers of inflation: we've got demand pull 
supply push and built in or, or the, what they call baked in or built in uh, inflation. Now the demand pull and supply push, those have been, you know, sorted out over the last year. I mean, they found ways of keeping up supply and demand. They've, they've been able to, um, to uh, fulfill orders, as you know, you can go on to jump onto your uh, your 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 local uh, uh, sales uh, site and buy something, and it'll be there within two three business days. Uh, but the baked in part, so that that piece where it's it's the employment numbers. Now you'll know. I mean, if you look back, you know you're hearing a lot of companies downsizing over the last uh, six months. It's because. Um, it's the uh, uh, employment uh, uh, costs that are j- keeping that inflation number up as well, mm. because there there are a lot of folks who are saying, "Hey, I can do this job, but I'm demanding more money to do the job." Mm. Ryan, it is such an interesting economic stew that's being baked on the oven right now and baked on the stove. Thank you for taking a little bit of time to unpack it and talk about some of the ingredients. Your perspective is so appreciated. Yeah, Dave, thanks so much. And and know that the, the picture is unfolding. Uh, we're a little early in the year to really think, hey, uh, we're, we can forecast the future. But as, uh, as we uh, sort of roll out the rest of the year, it's going to be an incredible ride. Looking forward to riding it with yeah, you. Yeah, in real, in real time to talk about these <laughs> things is so interesting, and it's not yeah. easy. And that's why your training and knowledge is uh, so, so appreciated. Ryan, have a lovely day, sir. Thank you, and you too. That is Ryan Bradley Chin, Certified Financial Planner at Sun Life Financial. Coming up in 60 seconds, Alex Smythe will have the weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minutes. Weakness in financial stocks weighed on Canada's main stock index. Toronto's TSX index lost 103 points to close at 20,970. New York's Dow Jones average dropped 157 points and the Nasdaq added 13. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index surged 678 points and our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 74.79 cents US. Canadian companies looking to hire this year are looking for skills in the field of artificial intelligence. Members of this country's tech community say finding staff who can develop AI-based products or use what's already out there to help trim costs is a priority. Jenny Yang, a senior advisor at the Mars Innovation Hub in Toronto, says everyone seems to be looking for people who understand AI to help them use chatbots like ChatGPT. Job postings show Porter Airlines recently sought an AI engineer in Toronto. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Karen Rebo. Thank you very much, Karen. Always appreciate you stopping by for those business updates. Let's turn to Alex Smythe for the weather story of the day. Alex, January in the prairies, it's always going to be cold, but it's really cold right now in the prairies. Well, and it's not just really cold, it's also really snowy as well, because out in the prairies are dealing with the start of a polar vortex day. So the wintry havoc uh, continues for the prairies. So uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba will all feel the impacts of the polar vortex. So snow began falling earlier this week, but it's expected to carry on into today. And there will be in Dolphin, Manitoba, upwards of 25 centimeters when everything is said and done. Sask- uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, they could expect to see upwards of 20 centimeters 
by the time the storm passes the region. So while many uh, folks in the area are gonna be busy digging out the snow, what they really need to be mindful of is once the snow stops falling, then the mercury drops and that's where those really extreme cold temperatures will creep in and that will start Thursday into Friday. So uh, in Alberta and Saskatchewan, Thursday you could see daytime highs between minus 20 and minus 30. Friday it'll be even colder where Edmonton Airport is expected to have a daytime high hovering right near minus 30. It's so cold, this would only be the sixth time since 2000 that there's been a daytime high at or below minus 30. So, needless to say, this is where you, uh, folks in the region need to be very mindful, very careful, dress for the weather, brace yourself and be prepared because it is the point where the weather gets very dangerous to be outside for long periods of time. So be sure to bundle up and stay warm if you have to go out and about. Alex, in the next few days. Alex, what's your over-under number? When do you feel like it's really cold outside? I, I would say somewhere around minus 15 is when I start saying to myself, yeah, it's cold. It's cold and I don't like it. Uh, so for me, Dave, I, I have, yeah, it's around minus 15 to minus 20. That's the point where I'm going to put away the light winter jackets, the light little <laughs> yeah. puffers or something. And I reach for that big, thick parka that's going to do me well and has done me well in minus 30, minus 40 conditions. That's when I go and it'll be light underneath the coat. I'm not going to put on the sweaters. It'll probably be a t-shirt or something light. But yeah, that minus 20 mark is when that, that transition point happens. Other than that, I'm layering up then I, you know it's bad when I reach for that big, thick winter parka. Yeah, there was only really one or two days last winter in southern Ontario, but there was one day in particular, it was a Friday, and I walked in, and I think with wind chill, it was like minus 35 or something, mm -hmm. and I said to myself, Dave, you are not walking home. You braved it this morning. You 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 affirmed your you affirmed your toughness. You showed these Torontonians what's what. And then in the afternoon, I was like, ah, it's sunny outside. I'm gonna go walk home. And I cursed myself the entire walk home because like the way that my walk home works is like the only opportunity to grab an Uber is whether or not I'm right outside the office. There's no there's no changing your mind once the walk has begun. And I was so mad at myself, Alex, because you know I'm, I'm trying to prove something to you, Southern Ontarians, yeah. and sometimes that's at my own, it's at my own cost. Well, and so I mentioned uh, during the daily poll, like I, I had like a, a benchmark of like 10 minutes was kind of my maximum when I was in Edmonton to walk to, to the office. Like that was kind of the the extent of how much I would walk because there were be points when it's that minus 20, minus 30 with the wind chill maybe creeps close to minus 40 that my sinuses would freeze. And, and it is so painful, it is so uncomfortable. And there's not a lot you could do to really cover up, you know, your nose, your face, even with a scarf, if you wear glasses, you know, it's gonna fog up. So you wanna be able to have visibility. So oftentimes I'd have the scarf to the chin, maybe cover the mouth, had the nose bare. As a result, the sinuses Ugh. would freeze Ugh. and then they would thaw once it got to the office. Anything more than that, it was just, no, this is too uncomfortable, too painful. <laughs> I, I'm gonna get a ride, I'll, I'll get an Uber, I'll get a taxi or something there's an extent to walking because it, it does get dangerous out there, Dave. Yeah, that's when you send the old text out to Jim Crisco and say, hey, Jim, pick me up. Jim, swing by it, the apartment it, and pick me up. It, it wasn't Jim. Jim Crisco, uh, my employee, never was one to volunteer the drives. It was Pat <laughs> Kelly, the videographer, who was always very kind to come and pick me up. So I could always rely on, on Pat. Jim, not so much. I, oh, he, he shots always, fired. 
he he would always be very grateful and and <laughs> offer uh to pick me up something from from the shop across the street the drives on the other hand eh, that, that was a bit of twisting the arm that had to occur uh that's just the relationship the camera guys uh, shooters and their and their on-air hosts have a big shout out to my guy darcy to tony miss you buddy yeah. uh alex thank you for this talk to you a little bit later Sounds good, Dave. That's Alex Smythe with the weather story of the day. Coming up after the break, more winter talk. Winter training season for dragon boating is taking place in Halifax. Community reporter Melinda Kazanavishus has the details. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.